Are you single and looking for love? Have you heard about mindful dating? That's what we're talking about in this episode of the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. How to be more conscious about your choices, about your own behavior, about what works for you. This is such a juicy and eye-opening episode. Stay tuned to listen to what my guest Lauren Smith has to say that has the opportunity to dramatically improve the way you look for love. Hi, this is Ronnie Ann Ryan, intuitive coach, and welcome to the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. In this show, we'll talk about mystical methods, spiritual practices, and magic to grow spiritually, live well, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, connect with spirit, and embrace the magic that is all around you. May good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. And now, on with the show! In this week's episode of the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast, I'm speaking with Lauren Smith. She is the author of The Mindful Dating Journal and the host of the Date in Peace podcast, clearly a dating coach with a spiritual twist. Can't wait to talk to her. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, Ronnie. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here today. I'm very excited. I don't talk about dating that much anymore, but it's it's always good to bring that in because so many people are single, half the adults are single, and it's an important topic. You know, I was a dating coach for 20 years and I helped a lot of people as a coach, but also through my, you know, I have like 1300 blog posts and was on TV, radio, blah, blah, blah. But it's great to see the new people coming in, giving it a new twist. Tell me about the Mindful Dating Journal. Sure. And first of all, I need to clarify that I am actually not a dating coach. Oh, no. Yeah, no worries. You would think that that would be a natural connection, but really, I'm just a human being that went through a lot of heartbreaks and I ended up needing a tool to get myself through it during the pandemic, hence why I created the book. And I'll dive into that story in a little bit. And ever since then, it's worked so well for me that I've been on a mission to just help people to find this tool as well and to connect them with coaches um, like you or other people out there through my podcast. So it all started at the beginning of the pandemic when we were all halfway still in quarantine. We were allowed to go out, but there weren't really many businesses open. So at this time, I was like, okay, I'm going to get back out on the apps. I'm going to try to find somebody to be this ideal partner that my heart has been yearning for for so long, but that I just haven't found. It was a little bit difficult to do that, though, when you can't go to the movies or you can't go to restaurants like you normally do. And what ended up happening is that I found someone and this was actually the first woman that I ever dated. I finally came out of the closet in that quarantine. So I'm grateful for that solitude. Very good. Yeah, when I found this woman, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I've never felt this way about anyone. And Because there was no typical traditional dating trajectory, thanks to all of the quarantine restrictions, it's almost like this relationship got hot and heavy extremely fast. Like we were spending so much time together. We were going to each other's houses right away because where else would you go? You know, we, we went on walks and then we were like, okay, now what? Like, what's the next level up from a walk date? Well, you just kind of say, I let's let's take this a little bit faster. And that 
was actually the best thing that could have happened to me because it really over-dramatized the things that I was doing wrong in relationships. Wow, that's a statement. Let's take a break there. Wow. Yeah, because when you jump in like that, then you get to really see everything blowing up in front of you. Okay, so keep going. That's amazing. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, when you have like a family member that you haven't been around in a while and you finally see them for Christmas or something and you're like, wow, your hair got so long because I haven't seen you. If you see them every day, though, you don't notice that that hair is growing little by little. So I think that's what happened with me is that there was all these little micro behaviors that I was doing that was leading me into almost toxic partners that I wasn't able to see. But because of the drama and the intensity of this particular relationship, I was like, holy crap, that is that is a crazy thing you just did. Why did you do that? <laughs> I can clearly yeah. see now that my choices, we were actually negatively affecting my hopes for a healthy relationship. And it wasn't that I was doing anything bad or wrong. It was just that there was some gaps in my skill set. Let's say that. Okay. Would and you mind sharing one thing that you did that was sure, sure. a problem? Oh my gosh. There's so many to choose from. Let me see if I can find one. <laughs> well, well, share two if you want. <laughs> the one that was the, the hardest for me to swallow was the realization that I expected everybody else to just magically have their stuff together. And this girl came along and she had a lot of great things, a lot of things that were going well with her. But there was other things like all human beings that weren't quite so locked down. And instead of me worrying about the, the things in my life that I still have to get together, I was hyper-focusing on why she wasn't fixing her stuff, why she wasn't taking responsibility for the problems in her life. And I was getting really resentful that I had to listen to her complain about all these problems. And I'm like, why don't you just solve your problems, you know? And here I am forgetting and ignoring all of my problems. And what that ended up doing is it created a fog around me that made it even harder for me to see those behaviors. That's like this fog that I had been carrying with me my whole life. On the one hand, I felt like I was resentful because she wasn't perfect. She wasn't what I wanted. But what I was really resentful about was the fact that I wasn't taking steps to create where I chose someone who was already good enough, like it's not that she wasn't good enough for me, but like I chose her for the reasons that I expected her to become something else. Uh, but what I needed to do was take responsibility that I needed to choose somebody who from the start was going to be able to get my needs met. Okay. This is a brilliant aha moment. And as a coach, this is a brilliant coaching moment because when you have that aha, that you're externally focused and putting pressure on somebody else, that is your first chance to go, oh, what am I doing? You know, I need to focus on myself and can that person meet my needs or not? Case closed. Yeah. It's not about fixing anyone, of course. We can barely fix ourselves sometimes, right? That is so beautiful because when you wake up to that idea that you have to accept that person for where they're at, and if they're not a good fit for you where they're at, you can't wait until they get better. You have to move on to find somebody that's a better match. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It doesn't mean they're doing horrible things. It just means you're not vibrating at the same level. You're not operating in life at the same level. You're not on a similar path. You don't have a close enough view of how life works. 
And that's essential, of course. A lot of people get blinded by looks or other attraction factors or how much fun you're having, sense of humor, whatever it is. It's such a common factor. You know, I still have a few dating coaching clients that I'm still working with, but I'm not really out there anymore. And it's just so interesting how many of them try to make it work. Like from the very beginning, when you're in a relationship and you've got a year in and you want to make it work, okay. But you know, when you're just starting dating, you don't fix things. You don't, you can't make it work. You don't want to work around. If there are things that are not compatible, let it go. So I applaud you because that was massive. Oh yeah, that was really hard to swallow because it's so much easier to point the finger at everybody else there doing something wrong. But when I was like, oh, it's me. I'm the one that's not setting boundaries. I'm the one that has my priorities mixed up or I'm the one that's been avoiding conflict or whatever it is. Like, then you have to be like, oh, I need to change. This sucks. Yeah, but that's the first opportunity you have to do something different or better or grow. That is for sure. And I think another one of the big lessons that I took away from that experience was to beware of getting lost in a fantasy. And like you're saying, in that early phase of a relationship, especially me in that moment, like having that be the first woman that I ever dated, I was like so lost in how great it felt and how excited I was about the future and all that the possibilities could be later, that I wasn't paying attention to some true facts about the present moment. And that's why I love mindfulness. Mindfulness is all about just coming back to the now, re-engaging with your senses, really figuring out like, what is my experience truly? What is the evidence for what's going on around me in this present moment? If you lose touch with that information, then you're going to end up like I did, where you're going to be like, everything's going to be better later. Even if things aren't great now, even if this isn't the person that I really, really, truly want on some level, if I ignore that and I just focus on how great it could be, I'll be happy. It's almost like you're trading the happiness in the present moment for a happiness in the future that hasn't existed and may not ever exist. But it's better than looking at the facts of, I need to change. I'm like so impressed, but because that is another massive opportunity. And so it sounds to me what you did through this first woman you dated was you elevated your own consciousness about dating so tremendously because that is another massive problem when people think, well, once we're in love, it'll get better. Never, 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 never. If you don't really like what you see in the moment, you're never going to have it. It doesn't get better. And that's why I always say, if you don't see what you want in the first three dates, walk away. If somebody's in your ballpark, I always talk about it as a ballpark thing. You know, there's a lot of people in the ballpark and you got to give people a chance because some people make a lot of snap judgments or whatever, you know, and they cut their, but sometimes, you know, if you're getting along, but you're not sure, good, go on up to three dates. But after three dates, if you're not feeling it, or if you're not connecting, or if you're not being treated in the way you want to be treated, or if that person doesn't bring out the best in you, walk away. Hail to you, Lauren. Like we're in a massive growth spurt. Yeah, thank you, Ronnie. And I think truly that mindset shift that happened with that relationship has really trickled into every other area of my life. Dating is the one thing in my life that I have the most confidence in. Isn't that backwards? (laughs) I don't know if it's 
it's backwards. Personally, I think everything in life is dating. Everything. Like yeah. when I have to sell a new coaching program or whatever, will they like me? Will they reject me? And that's what my frame of reference became. So no, I, I think it's how it is. Oh, thank you for validating that in me because I do feel like anytime I have an issue and a problem in my life or if I'm feeling insecure, whatever it is, I'm like, how could I see this as a dating situation? So I got a new car this past fall. And I don't know if you know this, but the at least back then, the car industry was like crazy. Oh, yeah. There was no cars available. You had to pay full ticket price. And you, yeah. I had to put a $500 down payment down on a car before it even got to the lot yeah. so that I could say it was mine. So this is high stakes, you know, like the dating world. There's only so many of your matches available. You better sweep them up when you can. So I finally got this beautiful new car and I was sitting in it and I was like, wow, Lauren good for you for not choosing the base model because I had no choice, right? Of course, they sent the most expensive model to the lot because they knew someone was going to buy it. So that was me. And I'm sitting in this really expensive car feeling unworthy. And I was like, I, I shouldn't have bought this. You know, all those negative beliefs came up in my head. Huh. I, I don't deserve this nice car. I, you know, I could have used this money for other things. And I caught myself eventually after like weeks of being afraid to drive it, you know, does anybody else do that? You get a new car and you're like, I'm so afraid I'm going to get into an accident. Well, this was like to the max, right? Because I had this really, I felt like I was driving like a Ruby. I mean, it's a red car. So I just felt like I was okay. driving in luxury and that I didn't deserve it. And I remember sitting there one day in the car being like, Lauren, you do deserve it. You are a prize. You are worthy of having anything that you want in this world. And the car wants you. The car arrived on the lot for me. It was resonating with me. The universe was supporting me and giving me this gift. The universe and energy feels my worth. I'm not going to get in the way of that. I'm going to recognize that I have a compatible match in this gorgeous vehicle and I'm going to live my best life alongside it. And since then, I every time I look at that car, I say, what a beautiful representation of my self-worth. That is magnificent. Oh my God. You're like spitting out all these gems this morning. <laughs> it's really amazing. I love that you had that presence of mind to recognize that the universe saw your worthiness and you needed to catch up. That is another really beautiful thing. And I could see how that would totally impact your dating life. Because mm -hmm. if you believe that you're worthy, then when people who aren't good matches come your way, you don't have to feel like, one thing you talked about was you got to get your matches while you can. I am a firm believer in love being your destiny. And so if this person isn't right, maybe the next person will be. And each person you meet brings you to the right person for you. So to me, there is no shortage in my opinion. Yeah. So I yeah. just love how you came to that worthiness in your car. And I sure hope that spreads out to the rest of your life too, because that was a beautiful dramatization of, making an enormous shift. So yeah, it's, it's another parallel lesson, I guess, about standards and yeah. constantly raising your standards. And as a human, I, even with all this mindful dating stuff and all of these realizations that I've had about dating mindset, I still drop down every once in a while, just like I was that day sitting in the car, feeling unworthy. It happens. Of course, My insecurities come up. But if I have those standards defined from whatever point I was at, that I was on a high, 
just like the next time you're feeling so confident that you're feeling so worthy, make a mental note of what you're tolerating at that moment. And then when you find maybe days or weeks down the line that you drop down into that not so great bundle of emotions where you're doubting yourself and you're doubting your worth, remember those standards and say, hey, at one point I knew in my heart of hearts that I was worthy of driving of a fancy car, or that I was worthy of being treated with respect, that I was worthy of a partner that made me feel safe to be myself. Don't let go of those standards, no matter how low vibing you might be in that moment, because one day you're going to get back up there and you want to make sure that you're next to somebody that is up to those standards. That's awesome. Just the fact that you know you will get back there is a really good statement too. So tell me a little bit more about mindful dating and the journal. Sure. So essentially what happened is this girl and I, well, her name is Mila. I ended up at my lowest point in that the height of the resentment that she wasn't getting her stuff together. I so kindly pointed it out to her. And as you can imagine, things went south within like a week. Oh dear. <laughs> so that again was another over-dramatization of how my behaviors were really impacting the health of my relationships. So in the calm and the quiet of that breakup from her, I dug my feet in the sand and I was like, I'm writing down everything that I did wrong. I'm journaling the crap out of this because I don't want it to happen again, right? Because this pattern wasn't just with Mila. This pattern was with all the men that I had dated beforehand too. And there was a part of me that was like, oh, now that I'm finally out and I'm dating women, everything's going to be different. And I'm, I'm not doing anything wrong. It was just the gender that was the problem. But no, I brought all my same stuff with me in that yeah. new relationship. So I sat down and I started really thinking about what are the things that I need to monitor in myself? Because even though I knew that I was doing something wrong to contribute to the lack of success, I didn't really actually know what it was. If I knew what it was, I would kept doing it, right? Yes. So I needed to really monitor for when those behaviors were coming up so that I could either intercept them or at least correct it after that behavior occurred. And what I ended up with was a spreadsheet of things that I needed to watch for in myself. Like I was really geeking out, like almost obsessing about this issue, right? But that's also a reflection of my personality. I'm like an organizational freak, you know? So I ended up Finally, when I was ready and my heart was healed, I ended up going back out on the apps. Things were starting to open up even more now after the pandemic. And I would go out on a date and come home and fill out that spreadsheet immediately. So I was monitoring things like, how did I feel? Where did emotion show up in my body? What insecurities were coming up and what do I feel like I want to do? Is that a healthy thing to do? Do I see any red flags? That's that's hard, right? Red flags are so easy to miss. What about green flags? And really like, sure, of, of course, the question that you're going to ask yourself after a date is, do I want to see them again or not? But I was really wanting to spend time in digging into the why. Is it because I just want them to tell me that I'm lovable or I want attention? Or is it because I feel like this person and I have aligned values and I could really see myself enjoying spending more time with them? So the whole process for me was about really getting to know myself, why I make decisions the way that I do, and to give myself a pause before engaging any default behaviors that may or may not actually be helping me. 
it worked so well for me that I ended up showing it to a therapist who lived way across the country. And she looked at all the questions and she was like, Lauren, these aren't just going to work for you. These are going to work for anyone because they're basic mindfulness questions. So together we co-authored a book and it is now available on Amazon. Mindful Dating Journal by Lauren yep, How to Find a Healthy Love That Lasts. Yep. Oh my gosh. I want to just talk about how your clarity is really remarkable. And I want to validate again, because I always say the journey to find love is a journey of self-discovery. If you're really trying to find lasting love, you're going to have to learn about yourself. You're going to have to learn about how you feel about the partners that you meet, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about love, how you feel about dating, how you feel about the process. And you were doing all that as well as being willing to look at yourself to see where did I go wrong? What could I have done differently? Which is very open-minded. So that really is remarkable clarity. And it's funny because I often, when I was working with my clients, I would try to get them to journal after their date and take notes. What did you like? What was a red flag? What was a green? I love that. I mean, that's exactly what I said. How did you feel? Do you want to see me again? Blah, blah, blah. Like rate your dates so that you're being conscious, not just thinking so adorable. Oh my gosh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Because it's not enough. I mean, attraction is important, but you can't have a relationship based on attraction. I always call that, you know, it sizzles, then it fizzles or flash in the pan, you know, and because that's kind of hot chemistry stuff that's fun, but it doesn't necessarily indicate the possibility of lasting relationship. That is just amazing. And anyone who's, anybody who's dating at any age could benefit so much from that kind of work. And a lot of people don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. They don't want to look at themselves. They don't want to think that much. Yeah, well, I can understand that because there's a reason why we behave in the way that we always have. There was, there was a reason why it's easier for me to blame other people or to ignore facts about our reality, like the compatibility that we have in the moment, instead of getting hooked onto the fantasy. And the reasons for all of that is because it's coping mechanisms. Mm. The way that I was loved in childhood, the way that my heart gets triggered I will do pretty much anything to avoid the pain of that feeling. And that means not looking at myself. It means not changing. Even if the results that I'm getting from this coping mechanism really aren't helping me and they're really not actually what I want, in some ways, the old me was willing to forego that just so that I could feel safe enough to not have to feel those feelings. But Mm -hmm. once you see that feelings are temporary, they're not going to kill you. They might be painful and it's TBD on how long that that lingers. But once you feel them and they move through you, you take huge leaps and bounds closer to what your heart actually wants. So for me, it came down to asking myself, what do I want more? Do I want to avoid feeling shame or rejection or do I want to find a healthy love? You can't have both. You said a mouthful there. It's, it's very tough to be in that moment and decide in favor of yourself. And so what I'm going to say, it might be a little contradictory, but I think you can't just date with your heart. You have to date with your head. You have to have a conscious approach, not a in your head thinking, thinking, thinking approach, but this consciousness of being able to take a step back and have that hundred foot view 
to gain greater perspective about what you're doing, what the other person's doing, and how that works together. You know? I agree. And that's essentially what mindfulness does for us. Yeah. Mindfulness yeah. allows us to step outside of our hearts and to step outside of our minds and see how everything is interplaying together. In fact, one of the things that I explain in the Mindful Dating Journal is how to use what's called wise mind. It's a technique taken from dialectical behavioral therapy. And it's basically exactly what you just said. We're taking the logic part of our brain and we're balancing it with the emotional part of our being and finding the sweet spot in the middle where they overlap. That's mindfulness. Mindfulness is saying, how do I feel about this situation? And what am I thinking about this situation? And accepting that both of those things might not be true. They, they're just what's happening. And that you can take that data and choose your next step action that's going to lead you to what you deeply desire, not, not avoiding emotions. And if you do, that's fine. We're human. But it's about building that awareness of the fact that you have a choice. If you look at all the data, and you weigh it with mindfulness, you're bound to make a choice that's going to lead you closer to what you actually desire. Great point. And so articulate. <laughs> that was wonderful. If I was still taking dating coaching clients, I would make them use your book. So anybody who's dating, I really want to encourage you to check this mindful dating journal out because it will take some energy and work, but your results will be so much better. And especially for people who struggle and keep dating that same person, that same kind of person, like they keep showing up in a different pair of pants. You know what I mean? How did that same body get in those pants again? You know, and you're like, how can I keep attracting that same kind of person? They didn't look the same. They didn't have the same job and all of that, but same kind of thing. That's because of where you're coming from emotionally. So if you're in that place, this kind of mindfulness would be a massive game changer. If you're willing to do that work, you will learn so much about yourself that will help you better connect with a person who will be a good match, right? That's the whole point. For sure. You're, it's the habit. You're training your brain to see yourself and to see the whole process of dating from a different perspective, one that you haven't tried before. And when you do try it, you're going to get different results. Now, let me ask you one more question. Did you ever try what I call setting your radar for positive expectation? And what I mean by that is, and this is another thing that can make a big difference. Sometimes we come to dating with this idea that there's nobody good out there and all the good ones are taken and most people are jerks and I'm never going to find the one and this is too hard and I don't want to get hurt and you know all those things we do to keep ourselves safe. And some of that stuff is true, but it doesn't mean it'll always be true with every person. I call it setting your radar or your expectations for the positive by looking for the good in people. So it depends on where your negative meter is set. If you're feeling like there's nobody good out there, you need to build your expectations to what's good about this person? What's good about that person? It doesn't mean they're right for you, but you start setting your viewfinder for what's good. And that way your subconscious mind will go, oh, I'm looking for what's good. And it'll come along and help you start connecting to people that are better quality and better fit for you as you start to see the positive. Did you ever have any experience with that kind of thing? I think so. Yeah. I think that like you're saying, it's not that people are good or bad. It's whether or not they're a healthy match for you or yeah. an unhealthy match for you. 
a lot of times, another reason why mindfulness is so effective is because mindfulness isn't just about accepting and noticing things for how they are, but it's about doing so without judgment. You're not saying that this is right or wrong. You're not criticizing it or wanting to change it. You're just seeing things for how it is and trying to find the enjoyment in it. So I think my equivalent of your technique is that dating is an adventure. So for me, like there's a preliminary phase of vetting, like when you're on an app or whatever, and you like make sure that they're not a crazy person, that there's somebody that you would legitimately be curious to get to know and spend some time with. But then once you say, yes, this person's okay, I want to go meet them, show up like it's an adventure. Just have fun. Be joyful. Go out there and enjoy that moment with this unique human being, the likes of which you have never met before, you likely will never meet before. They see the world in a completely different way from you. So even if you're not like sexually attracted to them and they're maybe they won't be the person that you end up marrying, but they could still be someone that brings some light to your life for an hour or however long it is. And that if they aren't your match, your person, But that doesn't mean that they're bad or wrong or that it was a waste of your time because you came, you had fun, you enjoyed it. Your wisdom blows me away. That's so beautifully said. And I agree. I always talked about that, the adventure. It's like, I love when I meet someone who understands where I've been coming from for 20 years. I just, I, it just thrills me because I find there's so much opportunity in this line of thinking and the wisdom of understanding that it's an adventure. And so I tell my clients, you'll have stories to tell. You'll be entertaining with your friends. Make it a story. Make it fun. Find out what was good. What was, you know, some of my worst dates were the best stories. And some of my worst dates were the ones I learned the most. Like I dated this man. uh, We had one date and he was an attorney. And he was probably 12 years older than me. And I really tended to date people close to my own age, but I, I tried it. And he, this is what he literally said to me. You know, I'm with a woman now and it's just not working out. So I'm looking for her replacement. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I want to get to know you. And then if it works out, you know, I'll get rid of her. And then, I, and I said, no, I don't think so. I said, you can call me when you're done with her, but I don't do that. Sorry. But at the same time, He told me something that really works in heterosexual dating, and it might work in gay dating or anything else, too. I don't know, but I'm familiar with heterosexual because he said to me when he and his wife, who got divorced, they went to therapy. He learned that her job was to tell the man or tell him, honey, you're wonderful. And his job was to tell her everything will be okay. And I can tell you when I met my the man who became my husband. I taught him this little trick and we're still doing it 20 years later Mm -hmm. because that's what I want to hear. Everything will be okay. And the truth is he wants to hear you're amazing. You're wonderful because he, you know, he responds to praise and I respond to safety. So I never would have learned that without meeting that ridiculous man. And it was a fabulous story. You just don't know. And that's why it is such an adventure. And that's why that's such a wise perspective. On yeah, what- I love that. And another reason why I love journaling after a date so that you can catch all those good tidbits of things that you learn. Yeah. And there's also like you're saying value in going out with people that you don't end end up choosing, because you get to like stack them up against each other and say, wait, I really thought I used to think that a sense of humor was like, 
the thing that I wanted most. And now I see that, yeah, that's nice to have, but that ultimately what I need most is for somebody to make me feel safe, to have that safety or, or the praise or whatever it or whatever is. Whatever it is. So it, it helps you to really see what is truly important to you and to let go of the things that perhaps were more superficial. Beautiful. Lauren, this has just been so amazing. I'm very excited about everything you have to say. And I'm wondering if you have something that you'd like to share with the list. Of course, please all come and check me out on the Date and Peace podcast. I have so many episodes about mindful dating with guests that know lots of really helpful tips. You can also find it on my website at metadatestudios.com or you can find me on Instagram at metadate with it's M-E-T-T-A. Awesome. All right. Thanks again, Lauren. It was just such a pleasure. Thank you, Ronnie. Do you have a big decision that you're struggling with? Or do you have trouble making decisions? Or maybe you just want confirmation that you're headed in the right direction and made the right choice. Well, I've created a special gift for you called How to Ask the Universe for a Sign. In this free half-hour audio program, you're going to learn exactly how to ask the question, how to set everything up so that you can get an answer within 24 hours and finally know one way or another what you should be doing about a particular situation. This has worked so well for me. I'm happy to share it with you. To listen, just go to it's never too late dot biz slash sign. So that's N-E-V-E-R-T-O-O. L-A-T-E dot B-I-Z slash S like in Sam, I-G-N. It's a simple tool to use that offers amazing and wonderful results. Hi, this is Ronnie and Ryan, intuitive coach, and welcome to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. In this show, we'll talk about mystical methods, spiritual practices, and magic to grow spiritually, live well, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, connect with spirit, and embrace the magic that is all around you. To learn more about intuitive coaching with me or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoy the show, please rate it or write a review and subscribe and share it with a friend. May good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. And now, on with the show. Hi, 